0: What's up guys? Welcome to the SD show. I'm joined here with my friend uh, Malik Abdullah and today we're going to be recording a podcast We're going to be talking about life his journeys um, His immigration to the United States his college path and whatever he's working on right now So let's start up with your introduction Malik
1: Asalaamu Alaikum guys. How are you guys doing? Uh, my name is Malik Abdullah uh, 21 years old right now studying at UIC went to school with Salman and uh Yeah, man. Life's good. Alhamdulillah. Sub TikTok.
0: Alhamdulillah. That's good to hear, man. So, uh, well, basically the way this podcast works, like we ask the guests, uh, like, you know, sort of general questions. Uh, We go through the trajectories of their lives, you know, like, uh, their journey into the U.S. and everything. So first things first, right? Like, uh, what are some of the key memories from your childhood? How was your childhood? You know, how was your schooling back in Pakistan and everything?
1: Bro. Pakistan, man, I, I don't remember a lot of stuff. Man, I, I was I was young when I came here to the U.S. Right. So I came when I was ten years old. But some of the okay. memories is like, in Pakistan, going to school in the morning, you know, Rikshawala come picking you up in the morning, right, right, and then right. sitting on the side with the Rikshawala holding the thing. Okay. And then uh, going to tuition afterwards. Nice. And. Uh, yeah, man, the food of Pakistan, you know, when living there was... Different. So you were in
0: Lahore, correct?
1: Lahore, Pakistan, okay, okay. yeah. Okay, what
0: part of Lahore? Was this like old Lahore? It's called
1: right? old, old Lahore. It's towards Muzang, um, Anarkali area.
0: Okay, okay.
1: So yeah, bro. Uh, a lot of memories, going with my grandpa, going to Anarkali, mm-hmm. shopping with my dad. Um, but like like I said, I was 10 years old, so not a lot of memories that I still remember. Right. But then also, um, one thing was my... I lived with my mom in Pakistan. My mom passed away before I came mm-hmm. to the U.S. I was right. 10 years old. So yeah, all the memories I have of my mom, uh, they're all in Pakistan. Right. So and she's Pakistan. also buried in to Pakistan too. It's nice,
0: know. nice, nice. So basically, like you know, um, you basically completed elementary education there and middle school as well, or, uh,
1: or elementary school and then half. Uh, I completed fourth grade in okay. Pakistan, and when I came to the US, I got into fifth grade immediately.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah. And then you guys came directly to Chicago.
1: No, so we went to. So how we actually came to the US was uh my Daya, mm-hmm. my uncle, he won a lottery back in nineteen something to okay. come here.
0: Was it the US we like lottery? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So he won the lottery and he ended up staying here and okay. then uh over the, over the years he got his immigration and he became a citizen and then he applied for his family members mm-hmm. so he applied for us back in 1995 I
0: believe okay
1: and then our return came in 2010 so wow. about 15 years later so uh, yeah my dad was a f- uh, his first of his siblings to get a uh, call to the US nice. that's how we actually nice. came here so when we came here we went straight to Virginia okay we lived with him for about a year
0: there's a Pakistan community right there as well right? oh it's
1: huge it's huge uh, nice. the, it's, it was it was called uh, Sterling Virginia that's what the okay. area was called so we lived I went to 5th grade there And then um, Yeah We lived with them For about a year And then we moved to Chicago With my older Thaya, Who also lives here So
0: you guys Did not want to like Continue living in Chicago In Virginia Like you guys wanted to uh, What was the appeal Toward Chicago
1: Bro honestly You know It's like they see household when like you know also i understand when someone's living the, living with you for a while they right, get right. very tired of you 100%. they start being iffy with you and you know you started noticing their uh Beaviors, changing their behavior okay. so you know my dad and then also like some family drama and stuff man mm-hmm. it was really bad at the time so my dad was like the best thing is to come to his older brother who also lives here in chicago oh, that was okay, the main okay, motive okay. behind so you guys us. had family here basically. yeah 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 mm-hmm. so that was the main motive behind coming to chicago
0: okay that yeah. makes sense and then uh, when you first came here and stuff, so you started off like uh, which elementary school? I, I went to uh,
1: I don't remember the name, but it was CPS, Chicago Public Schools.
0: Okay. It well, was so you guys were living in Chicago, like yeah, central downtown. Yeah, yeah.
1: It was uh, it was Irving Park. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, it was uh, surrounding Chicago, but yeah, it was Chicago Public Schools, and uh, I went there for sixth sixth grade. No, okay. fifth grade. I went there Great. for fifth grade. Yeah, because okay. halfway I didn't complete fifth grade in uh, Virginia, so I ended mm-hmm. up finishing it over here.
0: Okay. That makes sense. So, you completed fifth grade there, and then uh, when do you move to, like, you know, the suburbs and stuff?
1: Bro, that's also another crazy thing, man. Um, mm-hmm. So, we also were living with my tia for about six months, and then right. uh, his family started getting bothered as well, because we were living with them. My dad, mm-hmm. So, my dad was the only one, since we don't have a mother. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was the only one running the house. So, my dad doesn't speak English, so he, there's a huge, you know, uh, barrier in his language. So, he can't really get a job at, a, like, a local gas station or anything, you know? Okay. So, yeah. Um, Luckily, my uncle ended up getting him a job over here in Lombard. He used to work, work at Makamart, man. No way. Yeah. Oh, he, yeah, yeah. he used to work at Makamart, which was about 50 minutes away from mm-hmm. the house in Irving Park. So we, right. me and my brother would come see my dad twice a week. Oh, oh. once a week on the weekends. Nice, so, nice. So we would say So with you guys
0: would like live there?
1: Without my dad. Just at the wow. uncle's house. Yeah, man. Okay. How my, was that? Uh, It was good, man. In the beginning, it was good. But then over time, things started to go downhill to, uh-huh. uh, with uh, my brother and I. And our aunt uh, Taya's wife, you know. So oh, uh, right, right, right. Yeah, man, it, been through a lot, bro. A lot of the challenges uh, living with family members, and you truly understand people's true colors once you start to live with them over time, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my dad uh, was having some also issues with his uh, brother's wife, so my dad couldn't come back home, so he was living in the back of Makamart for about a oh, couple months. Wow. Okay. He was sleeping on the ground. Yeah.
0: Damn. So wait, he couldn't come back there, like nah, your brother's house. No,
1: bro, because the wife would get mad, and then it's a lot of like other ish- issues that were happening at the time.
0: So like, she was comfortable with you guys living there, though. Because she had no kids. choice. I mommy
1: mean, we didn't really have anywhere to go either. That's okay. the thing. So she like she put up with it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know I appreciated her taking care of us. You right. know, um, even though it was hard for her too. But yeah, we lived with her, and then it, like in that su- summer of um, before seventh grade, mm-hmm. my dad was like, you know we need to figure something out so he sent me and my brother to Pakistan for about 3-4 months right. in summer okay. and <clears throat> while he was here he got us a place in Villa Park or we were living with someone so uh, he just wanted us to move us out of the uncle's house and have him you know oh, well. so he can work here too so you we guys have like a temporary
0: sort of living arrangement here in Villa Park
1: Yes, 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 yes. So once we came back from Pakistan, we ended up living. Since then, we've been here in uh, Lombard, Villa Park area.
0: Okay, so where was this? Like, was this in Perm Apartments? No,
1: uh, it's over here actually. It's on uh, 14th Street. There was a house. Uh, we were living with the Hyderabadi guy oh, He okay, gave us okay, a room okay. It was me, my brother, and my dad living in one room
0: Wow, okay
1: Yeah, sleeping on the floor every single night
0: Damn. At least you guys were together now, though Yeah, yeah, yeah man right? It was
1: good, by then, you know Seeing my dad only on the weekends was not it, man right. It was hard
0: So you ended up enrolling at a school right here?
1: Yeah, I went to Albright Middle okay. School For 6th uh, grade and 7th grade hmm. And then 6th um, and 7th grade We were living in the house with the guy And then we ended up moving to Purim My 8th grade See see if you come across 14th Street, your um du- your county changes. So right. I couldn't go
0: to Albight no more. So okay.
1: my 8th grade I had to go to Jackson. Mm. So yeah, uh, that makes sense. 8th grade I went to Jackson Middle School and then I graduated from there.
0: Yeah. Right, that's good to hear, man. So like uh obviously like you know, growing up with your dad and like you know in like these tough circumstances and with like all these challenges and stuff, it must have been like you know, hard to like sort of have consistent hope you know sometimes as well like can you discuss some of the challenges that you faced you know throughout those years and like you know if just life like you know felt really hard at times
1: bro definitely one key factor was not having a mother was definitely hard me and my Mm -hmm. brother were uh Ever since we came to the U.S., you know, everybody knows. Once you come here by yourself, you're on your own, man. You right, have to like compared to Pakistan. You know, you have a kamwali that does all your chores and stuff. You know,
0: Did, was there was the dynamic present in Pakistan when you guys were there, like
1: the Kambali yes. stuff? Oh yeah, yeah. We had a kamali. She used to come uh, do the dishes, uh, clean the house, whatnot. You know. Mm-hmm. But then when we came here, man, I was 12. My brother was 13 when mm-hmm. we lived in Villa Park, man. Uh, when we moved here.
0: So basically, um, you know, when you were like living in Pakistan and everything, you guys had like a, you know, sort of. Maid. Person like mel- made to help you out and everything. Yeah. So you guys had a like, couple servants, or there was there like only one who like took care of all the no, just one. She would come in the morning
1: and then she would leave it like afternoon.
0: You know, okay. she would just get her stuff uh-huh. and leave. Yeah, yeah, I think right like how I remember like you know like maids working in the households and everything. Like they would have their set of like you know uh, what they needed to do around the house and like you know like it was like it followed like that same routine every single day or every single weekend, yep. where they're like, you know, dusting or where they're like washing the dishes and like washing laundry. Yep. Uh, it can go as far as to like, you know, like they just take care of all the duties from like, you know, A to Z, like wa- washing the kitchen and stuff, washing the restrooms and everything, you know, to making your beds and stuff like that. That's true. And That's that true brings bad. me to like, you know, this sort of awareness that like having this over dependence of this culture of like, you know, having maids and having servants around your house, does that make, like, you know, traditional uh, Sort of uh, South Asian sort of men, you know, lazy Over time, or even, like, so, I mean, like as yes. The reason I say men is because Like, you know, with like, females and stuff, like, you know They're expected to, like, basically get her get on their feet and like, you know, start learning the house duties and doing them around the house and stuff like that. But for, especially for dudes and stuff, you know, does that sort of give us an over-dependence? Because I remember like the maid would like make my breakfast and everything, dinner, everything, everything was ready. You feel me? Yeah, bro. It's wrong. Honestly. Um, for the people that
1: live in Pakistan, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it's totally normal for them and I get it. And like, if you have the privilege of getting a maid in your house, then obviously everybody would do it. But then also, coming over here and experiencing, not having a maid and mm-hmm. having to do everything yourself, you learn discipline, you learn, you know. And you learn basic life actions. Basic business, you life, it's, yeah, essentials, bro. Like, no one's going to be there forever to take care of you. You exactly, know, you need to, exactly. like, be able to cook your own food, wash your own dishes, clean your 100%. own, and wash your own clothes, and stuff, or whatnot, you know. Right. So, yeah, man. Uh, I just think that, you know, if those people were to, like, come to the U.S. or step out of their comfort zone, uh-huh. not, you know, one day the maid doesn't come, right what are they gonna do exactly you know they don't know shit Uh uh-huh can i swear
0: yeah (laughs) yeah you're good you're good (laughs) yeah man
1: Uh, i mean i guess it was a blessing in disguise you Mm -hmm. know because i wouldn't be the person i am if i hadn't gone through those challenges especially like you know i legit till this day clean all the dishes to clean all the clothes and clean the house or whatnot right but um
0: yeah it's a skill that has developed over time and Mm -hmm. i'm glad that i have it Alhamdulillah. Right. hundred percent. So, um, my next question is like, you know, growing up and like, you know, to this day, what are some like key sort of things that you s- believe that, you know, um, you miss within your own life or within your character development that would have been there if you like, you know, were like growing up with your mother and everything, you know, and like it's up to you if you want to answer that question or go into like, the depths of it. That would have been there. Yeah. That <clears> would have <throat> been there. Like, you know, like how certain, like say like there, is a needed presence of both mother, the masculine yeah. and the feminine you know like yeah, mother yeah, yeah, and yeah. father in someone's character development someone's life and stuff like yeah. that right so like over time what do you think you know like growing up like without a mother like what did you miss out on basically well number one thing is you know
1: having a mom at house with like mother's love mm-hmm. you know because my dad goes to work every single day so I don't right. really get to see my dad majority of the day so mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely a mother's love. And there are some things, you know, that you don't talk to your dad about, but you talk to your mother about. Right. Because she's you can more, be more... vulnerable and stuff. Yeah, right? she's more open arms to you, you know, and she'll comfort you and stuff. And mm-hmm. there are some things you can't say to your dad because, you know, you know how a dad's natures are. Right. right. So,
0: yeah, definitely miss that, man. Um, do you think, like, growing of like, as you like analyze your character, like, you know, as much of like, like as like a part of like a bigger picture, do you think there are certain things that maybe s- did not develop in your personality or that you see within your relationships that could be like lacking, you know, like certain like w- ways you show love or s- things like Affection towards that, others? Basically. Um, or maybe yeah. you overdo it, or underdo it, you know, like yeah, have yeah. You analyze certain
1: things. Yeah, in a sense, I feel like uh, if my mom was still alive, I, I feel like my, me and my brother would be a little, a- bit more closer mm-hmm. um i mean we, we still are close but we just don't talk a lot you know um Definitely. so you know there's not a lot of deep talks with my brother at all so mm-hmm.
0: maybe that's one of the things but besides that man i feel like uh but what do you think like sort of uh, is revoking the depth of conversations with him or anything like that is it like a lack of communication or anything like that or is it just like both of y'all are like you know busy with your own lives where you guys never have like you know that sort of um bro, coming bro, into like sitting uh, down bro me and my brother are legit honestly opposites mm-hmm. we're opposite people there's nothing to relate honestly but
1: like we do talk though That's I'm not saying we don't talk Though we have beef mm-hmm. it's not that uh, <laughs> it's just we barely we don't have time right. he goes to work all day I'm at home so whenever he comes home I'm out and mm-hmm. uh yeah I mean when me and my dad and my brother we all sit together every single night we eat together we watch TV together so that's that's good stuff like you guys have that structure yeah you know, yeah every single night all of us eat together we can connect yeah and the- all three of us it's less of like a father-to-son relationship is more of like well, all three of us are friends.
0: Mm, you know? That's
1: good stuff. Obviously, there are some things you, can, uh, some lines you don't cross with your dad but like in the mean like you know in like everyday day-to-day life we are mm-hmm. like friends you know? Less of like father-to-son we joke around and stuff you know? Mm. So, yeah. Um. So, you know not having a mother while growing up yeah, it was sad but like I guess I wouldn't be the person I am if you know if ha- I hadn't gone through those actions in my life. Would 100%. I, 100%. Yeah.
0: Um, so basically, you know, uh, sort of transitioning from your educational journeys, you ended up going to like Willowbrook high school, right? After middle school and everything. And that's where I met Malik and everything. And you know, like, (laughs) we became good friends after that. But so talking a little bit about work and how your career started and everything. Right. Was there sort of like pressure building like on you, like, you know, sort of like go out and work and stuff like that when your family was met with challenges? Yes and no.
1: Um I honestly started working because I needed the money. My dad never really asked me for money because it was bro it was like three mm-hmm. guys living in one house. You know how much how expensive can it be? Right. So, but then also my brother was working at the time too when he got to his junior year of high school. Mhm. So, you know when I was a junior, I got a job immediately, immediately too, you know, cuz you know who doesn't like money or having right, financial yeah. freedom as well, right. you know. I didn't want to ask my dad for money every single week. Right. And I was going up at the time, so yeah. It wasn't any financial, uh, hardship or anything, but you know, I just wanted you to, you just put, wanted that freedom. I just wanted the financial freedom and have money in my pocket. Exactly, you know, and, some, and the self-independence. Cause I would see okay. the people around me have money. Uh, people who were raised over here and everything, and you know, right. they weren't working, some were working, some weren't, mm-hmm. but they had money and I didn't. So, um, I just wanted to, you know, have that freedom.
0: Right. Okay. So basically where was your first job? Uh, Wingstop, Wingstop. Wingstop. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I actually applied for
1: Chuck E. Cheese before Chuck that. Chuck E. Cheese, okay. So you I, got accepted my, there? I had my first interview, mm-hmm. and then um, the guy called me the next day, and he was like, I, like, I going to sneeze. Damn. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> my bad. Um, but yeah, he called me the next day, and he was like, man, you were too nervous during the interview.
0: <laughs> he said that?
1: Yeah. So I didn't have to. Damn. And, okay. Oh, <laughs> Cut this part out gang. Yeah, yeah I, got you. I got you. Damn, bro, where the sneeze coming from? <laughs> but yeah. Uh, So after that, the, legit the same day, I went to Wingstop. Mm. And I saw the
0: hiring sign. Okay. Spoke to the manager. She hired me on the spot. Mm. The manager was Daisy, or like... Indian. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. And it's Muslim owned, right? <laughs> yes, it is. Okay. Only Halal Wingstop in the whole US. Slide through, guys. <laughs> now we
1: legit had people drive over from Texas. Bro, all over the actually not what? in Texas, all over the country.
0: Wait, it's the only Wingstop in the entire U.S.? That's how Zabiya halal. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Damn. So wait, your first job was at Wingstop. You started working there. And everything. What was your first paycheck like? What did you spend that on? Uh, first paycheck was fifty-eight dollars. I remember oh, that.
1: Right. And I went to my manager the next day. I was like, Yo, what is this? She's like, Bro, you just started working. So, <laughs> um, what did I spend it on? Probably like snacks or something, dude. Uh, the paycheck after that. Um, at the time we had a PS4 at home, at home,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: me and my brother would fight over it every single day. You know, he gets to play three hours, I get to play three hours, mm-hmm. and then I was just tired of you know switching back and forth. So my after second that. paycheck, I just bought a PS4. Oh, yeah,
0: nice, nice, yeah. nice. Wait, so um, I think we have discussed your sort of video streaming, like video game streaming journey before as well. Uh, was this before your first job? It was, yes, yes. Okay. At the time, I was just so how did you get interested in that? Like you know, YouTube gaming. Uh huh. Uh man in, uh,
1: I was just watching a lot of uh when GTA 5 first came out. Mm-hmm. That was honestly like the, the first thing that motivated me. Okay. To make YouTube uh, YouTube videos and at the time I was watching a lot of YouTubers, then Oz Gaming, Ace 2 delirious um, some other YouTubers I forgot. But then it kind of like you know motivated me to do YouTube as well because I legit played the game every single day and I was like you know might as well record money glitches or how to like rank up faster and get mm-hmm. more money or. Duplicate cars nice. So yeah, I begged my dad to get me an Elgato gaming which is a capture card And then uh, I bought an old laptop and then I bought a microphone uh, You mm-hmm. know Photoshop editing skills I learned on YouTube
0: and stuff and then uh, that sparked my YouTube career man Man, yeah, and that was like the over the course of like three years three years three, three years. years before the capture card I
1: used to like you legit take a small camera on a tripod and I would point it at the TV. No way. And then I would record the video uh, first and then I would uh, do the audio on the software later when editing.
0: Damn. Yeah, but was, you can't like, re- record like on PS4 or anything like that, like just? No, when GTA came out, it was first on 360. 360 oh, did not have that. Okay, no. so you started like streaming on 360 before? Uh, YouTube, yes. Okay. YouTube videos, yeah, on 360 and then okay. the PS4 and then. To- PS5. okay that makes sense so after like uh, you know up and stuff like that like I remember you were still working there and everything and then uh, this was back in Willowbrook when we became friends and everything and you would hook, up, hook us up you know like all the friends and stuff you know Bro. <laughs> we would like give him like 20 bucks or something and they were like 50 80 wings. Man, that Wingstop place was so shady <laughs> um,
1: on the weekends when I was working that's when all the Muslims people came all my friends came you know and uh, when, anytime you know my friends would call me like yo we need this many wings and then I would speak to the guy working next to me I'm not going to say his name <clears throat> so we would tell them to take like $20 and go to the bathroom and put it underneath the garbage <laughs> and those $20 would go right in our pockets and then we would just give them like 50-60 wings um, there being some people here in this room <laughs> no 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 that, that was really bad bro uh, but then you know it got to a point where we just started offering random Muslim people hey you want like 100 wings what give us, give us 40 bucks literally it was, the, yeah. it was that bad we were down bad but then but
0: it was good though it was fun it was when I lasted yeah I feel that, I feel that. so okay Wingstop and then this is like when Willowbrook High School is still going on right junior yeah. year I quit Wingstop my senior year your senior so year I, did, I worked there for about a year so how was like your high school journey
1: basically you know high school journey man it was good I came in um, pretty nervous man I made a lot of Desi friends which was you know comforting at the time it was not common like Albright no, no, no. Albert, I, uh, Albert, I had like a couple of white friends, couple of Mexican friends,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then at Jackson I met also some desi friends as well. Hamza, Saad, Muzammu, um Abdullah, and yeah, I met those friends. And then when I came nice. to Mullabrook, you know, you're like meeting kids from like four different middle schools, you know, all coming right, right. from high school. So it was it was cool. One hundred percent. And it was uh, it was an experience, and everybody you know has a, everybody enjoys their high school experience. Right, one hundred percent. One thing I do regret is not doing sports. Oh wait, weren't you like playing tennis or something? Like no, no, I place? wanted to do football, bro, but I
0: just never really got to it, man. I I was, maybe that. I was too scared. That's why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, there were like good at sport, uh sort of like you know journeys you could have in high school and everything. You know, it's, mm-hmm. with any sport, like I remember people would join their senior years and still be able to like play in varsity yeah, or whatever. And, like, <laughs> I regret really not good. playing seriously. Mm-hmm. I remember like uh seeing all your like uh workout videos, like you know like when I was yeah, yeah. in high school and stuff. Yeah, what bro, was that? me, solid Hamza, we had like the whole workout phase, you know? We
1: would okay. wake up at six in the morning, we would all bike to Willowbrook and the gym was the the downstairs, downstairs gym was open at like right. seven and we would have about an hour to work out. Nobody was there. Down and we would just work out in the morning and then eat, eat breakfast. It it looked it felt good but then nice. we, we did that for like a good solid month or two. But it it was, it was uh it was fun. It was nice. fun, man. So like uh, you guys like kept that up like after like high school or anything like that? And I so Saad started doing gymnastics and man mashallah his physique is beautiful mm-hmm. Um <laughs> me and Hamza both slacked off <laughs> Wait, so this was uh which Hamza was this? <laughs> Hamza Sayed Okay okay okay, sayad, okay, okay yeah, yeah, for sure. uh, But Saad, Saad ended up having the best results and then uh I slacked off I, I used to go to gym here and there mm-hmm. And then um yeah bro I should have honestly continued I it about, what it I that, is. But
0: it's yeah. never too late to start inshallah. So. Right, hundred <laughs> percent. Six packs motivation coming. <laughs> yeah. But so okay, so how like talk to me like about education. How was like, you know, did you struggle with education in Albright or Jackson? And how was it transitioning into like high school and everything? Did you have to take ESL classes at all or bro, no? uh, yeah.
1: I was actually in ESL for six years. What? Um I was in yeah. ESL at Albright? At Jackson and then at two years <laughs> at Willowbrook Oh shit <laughs> because <laughs> bro, I don't know how I could never Get out of the class or pass the exam. But mm-hmm. then my sophomore year, um, I ended up passing all the tests. But yeah, bro. I, I mean, I guess it was good. I didn't have to I take a normal English class. I feel no. that. But, but I was, mean, that's how I met Abdul. Oh, that's yeah. yeah I met A lot of the people that were closer to mm-hmm. now,
0: uh, I met through ESL. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> yeah. That's great to hear. Uh, and I think we met like Spanish. Cl- I mean, we met before, but we had like Spanish class or whatever together. Yes, yes, and yes. And there was like... Uh, Abdul, Atar, Anas and you like you know in the same class and stuff That was bad <laughs> <laughs> Sit in the back in the back of the class make fun of
1: Abdul <laughs> Put him in uncomfortable positions <laughs> That was so funny Man Man was also good high school Man You know first love in high school definitely was a life changer for me too man For real? Won't say the person's name but like bro uh, It really made me who I am today Seriously No way I actually, taught you like certain fundamental things you think it did it definitely brought me closer to Dean it did mm. um because uh had I not got gone through that whole you know high school lovey-dovey relationship it wasn't even a relationship it was like a high school I don't know whatever like crash like, crush, you like infatuation yeah. you have yeah it's kind of like an infatuation so right that yeah. makes sense I, yeah alhamdulillah for that bro because I would not be the person who I am today if it wasn't for that
0: mm-hmm. but I'm glad in a way that didn't work out mm. yeah I feel that I feel that well so like um after you continued, um, you know, like learning in high school, what were, like some of your favorite classes or something, Mr. Molina, you know, Mr. know Molina, the Spanish class. Nah, yeah. I went straight to Clement, bro. <laughs> Man, he was awesome. Oh, uh, bro, <laughs> me and a blue had fun in his
1: class, and then, um, who else was fun in the, in the school? Oh, yes, yes, the classes were fun. That was the only class, uh, I ended up going on a field trip to.
0: Oh, uh, where'd you get class?
1: We went to, I think it was Elders Planetarium. or oh, the, the. In the city, this is Chicago's kind of in place, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, we went to that. And then, who else was my favorite teacher? Oh, um, speech class was fun with uh, Chenecki. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah We yeah, had yeah. like Mr. White. I oh, don't know, we switched off half uh, one day with Chenecki and one with uh, Mr. White. Oh, wow, okay. For speech, you and guys had like speech tech,
0: yeah, we did. Okay, we did like regular speech, so I guess that's why. Um, yeah, bro, honestly, I did, didn't really much think of teachers. I feel that I feel yeah. that So like You were like Mostly involved with Like you know Like what was your Main thing Like your go to thing When you were at high school What would you be like You know mostly Spending your time <laughs> with Bunking classes or what <laughs> Ditching classes bro Damn Ditching classes Going to the bathroom Getting buzzed as fuck dude Like
1: It was It, <laughs> it was so funny man It it was an experience Cause that's when The whole potions Started getting popular Right right And um Jewel pods And po- uh, or Fixes and stuff Mm-hmm man I, you would just go in the bathroom and see that like, so that's when your nick started 10 15 kids in the bathroom everybody's getting buzzes well i had a, such a bad buzz once dude i went to the bathroom i came out i couldn't walk what i legit have to hold to the side I'm like bro, i can't walk it was such like
0: yeah all right guys we back at it again so basically malik where were we what were we talking about um i think we were going over your educational journey and, Yeah You know Your time in school And everything And getting buzzed In the bad <laughs> Yeah <and everything. laughs> So That happened right And then yeah. uh, Tell me about like You know The friend group dynamics That you had And I remember like I joined like The entire same friend group Like late, later on and Stuff you know When you uh, I met you guys And uh, yeah. It was kind of Funny how we met right I don't know if you remember The exact story but um, I don't How did we meet? So Let me think about this right so I mentioned on my first podcast, right? I had like social anxiety and everything. I yeah, was yeah. not meeting anybody, <clears> right? <throat> and uh I would go out sometimes and I would go towards like the Perm sort of um routes, right? Like where you like go from Brandywine to Param or whatever, you just on walks or whatever, right? Yeah. And I would see y'all, you know, like I would see FaZey, I would see you, I would see like, you know, Shazabe and everybody, yeah, you guys like playing together or whatever, oh, right? Oh yeah. And then you guys would like sometimes call out, like, you know, like yo was good and stuff like that. But I, w- I would just make small talk and like, you know, not say a lot more. And then um
1: I do remember I that. I think
0: uh I don't know like you knew me from like the small talk or something or whatever but it wasn't until Shahzeb and Fazzy talked to me and like you know I got close with them and then later on we met in the library or whatever because yeah. library was where we would like get together and everything. No, and then we would go like Taco Bell and everything together, you feel me? And, after like, school and stuff, yeah. yeah I know so. I
1: do remember that.
0: That was I that, I think, that. I think I think that was like you know sort of where we met and everything. But um okay so like I remember uh When we met, we were in, like, junior year of high school, you know, around that time, sophomore year, whatever. And we had a Spanish class together or whatever. I remember everybody during that time, like, even though they might have uh, been doing, you know, God knows what, you know, but, like, they had, like, a certain plan for the future, like, you know, certain things that they wanted to do or whatever, what was, like, you know, your top sort of um, goals that you had? Like, you know, because goals uh, sort of uh, evolve, right? Like, while we're growing, growing up or whatever, and, like, certain things you drop, certain things you keep. What were certain, like, you know, things that you had while growing
1: up? Um, I mean, everybody's goal at that time is honestly to go to, like a, go to a good college, get a good education, you know, right. work their dream job. And then I think that's where I stood, too, at the time in high school. I mm-hmm. uh, wanted to go to a good college and then, you know able to get a good job and buy my dad a house or whatnot so that's where my goals was honestly and uh, it still is in a sense Um, I do still want to you know complete my education from UIC and graduate and get a good job Um, but would you
0: say the structure has changed of like how you want to go about things
1: yeah 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 like I 100% man like over the time I have realized that college isn't the only way to make income in the future Mm -hmm. obviously it's good to complete your college and get your degree but then there's also some other ways people do take that are easier right. and that are more... What
0: were some of the avenues that you were able to tap into?
1: Uh, for a f- career, future? Uh, I mean, people around me were d- at the time were doing a BA, which is business administration, right? Business mm-hmm. analysts and business stuff. Analyst. So there was like th- this course that where people were doing, which was like a three to four month long course. You would, you know, learn the basics of an- what an analyst does. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there were some shady parts to it, like <laughs> fake resume building, fake... <laughs> right. diplomas fake but then yeah bro where were they
0: getting fake diplomas from
1: pakistan india oh wow okay. yes yeah uh, but then i didn't really choose that route and then uh friend of mine ali ahmad mm-hmm. his uncle uh, when i first started college he came he moved here and um he was an ios developer okay which uh uh focuses on the language of swift mm-hmm. so at the time he started a like a course so this
0: was like back when you were in high school or like- no, no no
1: first year of college Okay. so he started this course at his house mm-hmm. where he was teaching his family members oh, which okay. was which consisted of two three aunties uh, a lot of older guys that were working at gas stations you know uh, working nine to nine to five but like at like local gas stations or you know markets mm-hmm. and stuff and then um, Ali was also in the class but Ali didn't Ali didn't really you know pay attention or whatnot. so his mom asked me you know why don't you come join the class for Ali and then you can learn it too and I was like you know might as well. So like, oh damn! So you I,
0: had the class for free at that
1: time. I did. I did have the class for free. Wow! Uh, and it was fun, man. In the beginning, you know, I got introduced to coding. I would never really liked coding, and uh, I had a bad experience with it in Willowbrook Senior. Year. I I don't know what what language it was that like they AP taught.
0: Compsai? You took Python. No, I
1: took uh, oh. with Mr. Bridges. He,
0: engineering
1: class. I, I was with Mozambique, M- 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 bro. I forgot 500 which 500 language M- M- was class. it was, but I had a bit bad experience with it. So I went in the class, you know, didn't really think of it much. I learned the basics of Swift and then over time I eventually started to pick up and I got into it. But then at the same time at the same time I was a full time full time student at COD. Okay. So I was like, man, I can't really do this, you know, because he was assigning us homework to it weekly. Mm-hmm. So I decided to drop the course. Damn. And then that was probably this one was of that the like four months. Yeah, it was towards the end, man. And I regret that d- decision s- till now because everyone that stayed in the class ended up getting employed, making over 120 a year, you know? So, uh, I it definitely made me realize that that skill set does hold value in the time they would live in right now. So, um, had I stayed in the class, you know, God knows I would have been employed too, inshallah. But, you know, everything happens for a reason. I'm not mad or anything. So, percent But, but
0: you able to, like, do that course again. Right?
1: Yeah, so yeah, it's, you know, fast forward to 2022. I started the course back in August. Well... Uh, with UIC and this time I took less classes at UIC, so right. I can focus more on the course. And then, um, yeah, we have about we have about two months left in the course. And Alhamdulillah, it's it's good, two man. Months.
0: So is is this the is the course longer this time
1: or? Uh no uh no, we're just dragging it dragging it a month longer because the market is really slow and the whole economy is in a recession. Oh. So I mean, no, just for the
0: jobs purpose.
1: Just for the bo- jobs purpose, yeah. Okay. We're pretty much done with the course. Now we're doing uh, moving towards more business sided and things. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. Makes sense. So, yeah man. I'm the apart Lord.
0: from like, the course and stuff like you know I know you had your reselling venture and everything yep. and you know that everybody around Lombard knows about you know because Malik's a popular like shoe reseller yeah around this area so like tell me about that like you know how did it start how was your passion for shoes and everything and like you know
1: uh bro honestly in high school you know, I didn't really care about shoes okay. or anything you know um I knew people used to resell Yeezys, Jordans and stuff and you know I, I always wanted them but mm-hmm. I didn't really care to like you know spend that much money on a pair of shoes right. and then uh Honestly, when I was working at Wingstop, I could never save five hundred dollars. Okay. My paychecks—I was only working weekends. You know, my paychecks were like two fifty to two hundred. So my yeah. So my friend Anas, who got into reselling before me, Anas okay. Hug, yeah. Anas
0: was into reselling.
1: He, way before me, he was, no and he yeah, yeah he was he, he he was a good friend, man. He's still a good friend, but he offered me, hey, why don't you save up five hundred to a thousand dollars and uh-huh. come do reselling with me? You'll make much more. Okay. So, I decided to, like, you know, take the opportunity. <laughs> I saved up $500, I think. Mm-hmm. And then um, I started reselling with Anas. And we did it together for a couple of months, man. Oh, wow. And then uh, it was too much for Anas uh, at one point. So, he just left. Okay. So, at okay. the time when we started reselling, we were doing it locally. Did you
0: guys, like, learn this by yourself? or like Oh, uh,
1: reselling was, like, buying shoes... Uh, for cheap off this person and selling it to this person for more, you know? Mm -hmm. It was all like a local thing.
0: No, but like the suppliers and everything or like certain people that would like, you know, Uh,
1: give you shoes. So how me and Anus got shoes was, uh... was It was pretty funny, man. We we we, These three guys used to come from Indiana and they used to basically scam online and they used to sell us the shoes for for dirt cheap.
0: So they were selling original shoes, though?
1: Original shoes. I mean, honestly, there were some times the shoes were fake, but... 80% 80% of the time I would say the shoes are real so
0: they were scamming people online like selling they were
1: basically like- getting the shoes for free so they were giving us giving How did it to you guys to, like get this
0: plug <laughs>
1: <laughs> James Michael <laughs> oh. yes uh, but, I heard from someone right and yeah. I don't
0: know like, if you want to confirm this or not that you guys one day like you know you guys went to James and you guys were like you guys paid him some money and like you know like told him like okay teach us Oh, I think
1: like uh, I think Anas might have done that because Anas and James started reselling way before me. Okay. So yeah, Anas definitely met those three guys through James, absolutely. And um, and then we basically took those guys away from James. And then I don't know if he was mad at us <laughs> or <guys>. not. <laughs> yeah, we just started no honestly outbidding James.
0: Oh wow. Okay. So if
1: the shoe, like, had a value of two fifty, and James was offering them one hundred, we would just offer one twenty. It was the same shoe though. Same shoe. And then uh, we just started. How is it
0: possible? That you guys got the same shoe when you guys like took those guys away, like from Indiana.
1: Oh, I mean, it would be random whoever they're scamming online. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, that makes sense. But yeah, that's how we started locally, and then honestly left because it was you know honestly overwhelming. Mm-hmm. As you
0: guys like segue sort of like you know from um, the James, uh, the Indiana guys, you know, and basically yeah. like, how did you like get more? Like, you know, sort of further, like, deeper into it and everything?
1: And, like, um, so, the thing with Indiana guys was it wasn't honestly reliable because sometimes they would have shoes and sometimes they was not Was it safe,
0: though? Like, sort of I mean, and everything? Yeah. I remember, like, I would be, like, <coughs> in Zohaib's car parked up in Paramount. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, they would come and, like, you know, they would sometimes ask you to step out or something Definitely
1: like that. Definitely. It was, it, it seemed shady, but the guys were nice. They were, like, okay. our age. They were, like, okay. 20, 21. But they were cool. So, uh, why weren't
0: they doing it themselves?
1: Because they didn't have any, they didn't have uh, any customers to buy their shoes off of them. Okay. And uh, at the time, I don't think they really knew the value of the shoes, because they were like getting Travis Scott shoes, Jordans, Yeezys, and the latest models Damn, too. Bro. So they just like when they saw someone buying everything in bulk, they were like, okay, we're coming from Indiana, coming over to you guys. So you guys
0: were getting that shit in bulk.
1: Yeah, we were buying like Damn. 20, 30 so pairs you guys at a time.
0: Make some decent back off that.
1: Yeah, yeah, Alhamdulillah, man, it was good. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it just started to slow down over, over time, you know, because how long can you scam for, bro? Right. Yeah. So i even forgot the guy's names bro it was like like, three four years ago Mm -hmm. but um yeah so honest decided to you know not do it no more and then i needed to do reselling because i loved you know like being free and then making money on the side you know Mm -hmm. not having to work a nine to five so i needed to figure out a way i wasn't i had quit i didn't have a job at the time so reselling was my own thing
0: and this was like senior year of high school Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay so
1: sense. I got into sneaker botting. Yeah. So, uh.
0: I remember uh, you telling me uh, that you bought like a bot with another guy for like 6K or something,
1: right? Five oh, uh, that was after my first bot. It was like a Christmas sale. It was like $500. And I was like, you know. How'd you know,
0: like, about these bots and how they work?
1: Now? Man, because I always saw, like, sneaker YouTubers, they would use these bots to cop shoes.
0: Okay. You know, and so, basically, like. Basically, that added, like, more entries for you in, like, a certain raffle or something. Like, that's how
1: that. Be, uh, like, see, no. The, 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 the wrong perception people have a botting it's that like you buy a bot you'll get shoes that's right. not how it goes you know there's much more than that you need to buy proxies you need to buy a server you need to know what you're doing you can buy it you can even buy a ten thousand dollar bot but if you don't know what you're doing you're not going to get the shoes right. you know so in the beginning i didn't really hit a lot and then it was just like a trial and error thing i saw other youtubers used to make sneaker botting videos look at looked at their setups and how they did it and then over time it got better but then yeah sneaker botting is basically a program that Uh, Like if a website is dropping at the time was Yeezy Supply, which is Kanye's website, they were dropping Yeezys. And compared to me being on my cell phone or my computer, like one entry, I would have a thousand people, like a thousand tasks on the bot. Mm -hmm. And uh, those thousand tasks try to check out.
0: This bot was a one time purchase or
1: was it a subscription service? It was a yearly $500. And then uh, when I bought the $500 bot at at the time in the market, there were a lot of better bots going from anywhere from 500 to, like, at least $8,000. Yeah. But this
0: so, led you, like,
1: a lot of luck? Yes, it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I learned a lot from the first spot. And then okay. I was, like, you know... Did you
0: not know, have to get,
1: like, a server or anything for that? Uh, in the beginning, I was running it out, off of my local computer. Mm-hmm. But then after that, I started using AWS, their okay. servers. Because, okay. man, I, my computer was really old. But if, I mean, AWS, you can customize your server however you want. You can put as many, you know, CPUs or RAMs as you want on it, so... They oh, okay. they charge you hourly, it's like a dollar or something. Mm, okay. So that, uh,
0: sort of AWS server thing really worked out for you.
1: Yes. Yes, way. yes. Because did you
0: buy, like more bots and everything too?
1: I did. I did. Um I ended up splitting two bots. One was 6,000, one was five thousand between uh me and my friend. Mm-hmm. And uh in the beginning we were splitting profits and then he just stopped asking me for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but then no the thing is we made our investment back. Okay. So um, we were talking about uh, sneaker botting, I sneaker think. Sneaker botting, yes. Yes, yes So yes, yes, you yes.
0: bought your um, you know, newest bot and everything, and it got you like a lot of success and everything. So basically, you sell through Goat, usually? StockX. StockX. Stock Stock okay.
1: But over the time, I've learned not to sell on StockX. Only some stuff that I cannot move locally. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get the most money out of okay. that you want okay. locally, okay. posting on OfferUp facebook marketplace uh even selling on ebay gets you the most money honestly okay
0: so basically like yeah. you know uh apart from like um recent sneakers was there something else that you tried like you know reselling you tried, yeah i like, uh, like clothes and everything right oh uh, yeah i
1: did uh but number one thing that worked out for me the most was the playstation 5s okay. ps5 was man when they first came out it, it was popping off man did you do the
0: bottom for that as well
1: i did uh Damn. my uh the developers of the bots actually pushed out an update that was the bot was able to support target amazon walmart wow. best buy really <laughs> all good. these all these websites that were dropping Gosh. the ps5s uh-huh. and i remember ps5s came out two years ago and it came out like a month or two before christmas time okay. man retail was like 550 after tax and you were selling it like for a thousand locally
0: wow just yeah. Because of
1: the Just because the demand, so because obviously
0: the demand is the biggest factor in like you know these reselling. Yeah, sort
1: of shoes, like. clothing, electronics—demand, demand, demand, mm-hmm.
0: demand. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So, um, you know, moving on from <coughs> that reselling sort of path, what do you have in your mind? Um, you know, for your overall career and stuff. Right, you did the iOS thing. Yeah. Um, you <coughs> have your. What are you majoring in again? IDS. Okay. Same you know, thing as you did. sciences. Yeah. You know, this is basically a mix of project management, business analytics. You know, we learn a lot of SQL, Python, um, you know, just a lot of Excel, spreadsheet stuff. So, what is, like, one thing about it? Like, what's a favorite class that you would like to share? You know, something like that. Because you just came to UIC, too, right? Yeah. Like, it's not been, like, too, too long. It's, like, been, like, a year, right? Yeah.
1: It's been a year. Okay. You Did this semester. Mm-hmm. What what class did I took that I like the most? Basically. Damn, uh. Believe it or not, BA 200 wasn't that bad. BA
0: 200?
1: Yeah, uh. Because having to, like, actually learn about the back end of what happens on Amazon and YouTube mm-hmm. and Facebook. Right. It's low key interesting to learn about that stuff. It's I mean, sure. I know the class was hard, even the exams were hard. But then the con- the, the shit we learned in class, uh-huh. it was pretty interesting. You BA 100?
0: Are you guys or
1: no? no. Okay. No, no, no. What did like I say? BA or IDS? BA.
0: No, no, no. I meant
1: IDS two hundred, not with BA. Doug. With, Doug. with Doug. Yeah, the class was extremely hard, but the 100%. shit we learned in the class was interesting. You
0: guys, had any questions? Like, you know, what does professor think about this or something? Oh, we
1: did. We did. Yeah, bro,
0: I don't know why, why these researchers. Like, Doug know,
1: is uh, Doug's. Like, he's a good guy, but the, mm-hmm. the 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 course he teaches is hard.
0: I've heard his classes in person are better because he cracks like jokes and shit. You know and like. Man, he swears
1: in class. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> fucks given whatsoever. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, so. yeah, he's a he's a he's a cool guy. And but he, bro, I had like a I <laughs> like a fifty six in the class, yeah. and I needed a C so or passed. better. Bro, he curved me like twenty percent. Wow. Yeah. Shout so out, bro. Alhamdulillah,
0: you Like you were able to pass. it Alhamdulillah,
1: pass. alhamdulillah. Yeah.
0: That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Okay, so what are your sort of career goals? You know, when we're talking about like ideas, iOS. I mean obviously you know it could be understood that you want to la- land somewhere in the IT field right uh
1: yeah definitely the IT field um see like in end of January when this ID, uh, iOS course does end mm-hmm. I would like to get a job you know okay. um inshallah if I do get a job uh, that I can work remotely and that pays good without a degree I would uh I would I'm not saying I would like quit school but You're I would definitely, I would definitely take a part time. Mm-hmm. And uh, God forbid if that doesn't work out, then you know I always have my degree. I've uh, I've about a year left, so mm, that's uh, yeah, man. After after I get the degree, I would definitely want to be working like an analyst position, mm-hmm. but like working remote. Don't want to go to the office. Working, you know.
0: I feel that. I feel that. Or even
1: hybrid, if that's anything. That's
0: the case for a lot of people, and especially me too. Like you know, going to office is such a hassle. And it, to be honest, the thing is. The office culture isn't even there anymore you know like it's when true. i go to the office the employees aren't there a lot of people are working from home the thing is people are not like ready to come back to office you know most of people like cur- the coronavirus pandemic like should change yeah, the changed for <coughs> to me. yeah. The people do not want to come in no more they're just more mostly used to the life at home it gives them so much flexibility and freedom yeah um so i think this has been a really like you know major A shift of like you know people's work life balance as well
1: yeah bro nobody wants to go to the office after the pandemic and the thing is the companies need to accept that and they are adapting to it Mm -hmm. because if the people aren't coming to the office the only option you have is to let them work remote
0: 100 percent. but the problem is like now companies have measured like productivity you know like before coronavirus and like now um and they know that you know like people can have a tendency to slack off a little bit at home they're more comfortable they're not in a work environment because the fuck you're gonna do at like at work you know you're not just gonna like oh, just go to sleep or like you know just go chill with your friends or like you know tend to your family or anything like that you just have room in the office space you know the most you could do is just like get lunch let me something. ask you like
1: if you were to work a 9 to 5 in person how many of those hours to 9 to 5 are you actually working
0: <clears throat> probably five bro like the rest of the hours like four four to five hours you know just chilling it's mostly chilling like chilling in the sense of right like there's like a whole um not spectrum but there's a wide range of things that you're doing usually you know just the whole remainder of time that you're there you know the whole time that you're there but it could be that you know certain times you're you know kind of like doing something else at the t- same time you know like your mind is wandering something else somewhere else mm-hmm. but the thing is you have to remain in the space right so right. there's not a lot of things that you can do uh when you know like getting out of the space or whatever right. um but no like to answer your question when you're working on to five you're not completely consistently working the entire time you know so that's that makes more sense bro right but then honestly you would want to work remote if you could I mean, 100% you only, 100% yes yeah, so I'm, I'm working hybrid right <clears throat> right now because of the holiday season and everything um you know i have full remote capability you, you going know? back in person yeah. after your holidays? after the holidays <clears throat> um it's like hybrid schedule right so i have to like go in um two days a week i have to be in person there <clears throat> you know which is going to be interesting to see like how that shapes over time but to be yeah, honest right. like the remote job is the best right like eh, who doesn't want a remote nowadays everybody has so much flexibility while working remote like, like yeah. personally for me i would want to be like traveling while working and stuff like that like i know like i have cousins who uh, work in companies here but are chilling in south africa they're working from there they're traveling the world while working you know Man, so that's a dream bro yeah 100% like, <clears throat> That's the type of thing, like where you can have that type, like, you know, like how people say that they quit their jobs and have that financial freedom and are able to travel and, you know, handle their businesses. It's kind of like that similar model where you're working and, you know, traveling and everything as well. So to be honest, like that is a goal for sure. But let's see, like, you know, how the careers shape up and everything so okay apart from the career and everything let's talk like in you know, a religion let's talk with Dean and everything you said that you know after your experiences your first experiences um you know in Willowbrook and everything you got closer to your Dean and everything yeah so <clears throat> what does Dean mean to you basically
1: uh Dean shapes your life mm-hmm. it gives you a purpose it gives you something to follow and um, basically it, it, it disciplines you but it also teaches you about life you okay. know <clears> obviously <throat> st- like if you were to look at the Quran it has all the answers for mm-hmm. your lifestyle you're going through sadness it has the an answer you're going to worry it has an answer you know anything um at the time in high school uh mm-hmm. I didn't really have anyone to go to I okay. couldn't go to my friends cry about a girl or didn't go to couldn't go to my dad you know <clears throat> and then I, Dean was my only thing at the time and you know um <clears throat> I started praying a lot and you know crying in front of Allah and c- crying in Salah is the best thing you can do Right. And that you know that someone's listening to you, which is Allah, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, <clears throat> besides from high school, mm-hmm. um, uh, what's it called? During the pandemic, when I wasn't able to go out, nobody was able to go out, you know, and it was lockdown. So I started watching a lot of Islamic videos and mm-hmm. learning about the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and uh, learning about the how the Deen started, you know, from Adam right. to Muhammad Sallallahu and. The misconceptions people have about Islam and uh, what Islam means to people and like what it means to you and how you should follow Islam
0: right so while you were <clears> growing <throat> up right like in Pakistan or even after coming here yeah did you have like I know like you know I've studied in Pakistan we have like Islamic classes there and stuff yes. like that that are ingrained in your education and everything did yeah. you have like Islamia Islam yes okay right. so uh, do you think like while well, when you like came here and stuff like that you were able to continue that Islamic education in mm, a certain way no um, uh, uh, in Pakistan yeah you know Ghadisab would come every day You'd read like One, two,
1: three pages mm-hmm. with him, And then you know And then you finish the Quran One or twice And then that's all But you know we're, We All the Muslims That are born into Muslim family We're alhamdulillah We're blessed to be born Into Muslim family But
0: yeah.
1: I don't think you're a, Truly a Muslim Until you get to learn About your own religion You know Exactly understand. There comes a stage In a person's life Where you need to Explore your own religion To see what it offers That's and what it where is. like
0: People like Figure <clears throat> out What it means to them Personally right Correct Like you could be born To like a religion Like you have all the Theory present And everything right yeah. But it does not come Into practice Until it means something it means To you something Until you get you. those Like you know Spiritual sort of Um, Feelings and everything, and like you know, it's just like you just have a truly like a connection with God and everything, right? Because you're aware of it, right? And I think, day like, it's just all about awareness and self reflection like, okay, where am I going with life? What role does Allah play in this? What role does my Islam, you know, like my deen plays in this and everything? And you can think about it, like, there's a lot of mechanisms present, right? Like, as you said, sad days, bad days why does, why does all the answers, all the cures, everything lies within Islam, right? That's like so easy to say, but when you look into the depths and, dips and everything, yeah. right? You have all these frameworks present. Like for example, we enter a conversation as Muslims, right? Muslim brothers or whatever, we sell assalamu Alaikum. Before the conversation has even started, we are already wishing peace upon okay. each other, you know? Yeah. So there, when you think about these details, there's so much wisdom present behind even the smallest things in Islam that, you know, right? it just truly blows your mind that, How are all these things just, you know, meant for your own good? Because at the end of the day, you can pray all that you want. But like, why would like, you know, like God is self-sufficient, right? He doesn't need need our prayers and everything like that. But these mechanisms are just like refreshments for ourselves. You know, we're refreshing our deen. Like, it's a blessing Exactly Five yeah. times a day We're just doing that and <clears throat> and every, Even the tribulations The problems in our life The deepest traumas we have At the end of the day We're able to even conquer them. they even become You know like a blessing Because if you did not Go through those things You were you, not, were, you wouldn't be the person today yeah, You know That's true man You're not gonna be That same person today And that's why these lessons Are present right Within all these tribulations And everything And uh, yeah, You know Allah puts you Through trials Just so you get close to Him Exactly hundred you know, percent, so. 100%, 100%. <clears throat> So like where do you think like you know um you see yourself like you know in the practice of doing anything like that do you want to do something with this do you want to keep it as like a personal practice or do you want to propagate it in a certain way you know because the true. thing is we can have all this knowledge right yeah we can have all this awareness and everything but where do we exercise it why where That's does true. it become meaningful if we're not even like you know sort of like propagating that knowledge right for example like <clears throat> We, we sort of like, you know, feel like scared sometimes or like, you know, we could be posting stories about our friends or like anything like that. Right. Because, but some people, people like sometimes like people feel insecure or like, you know, certain, like they're hesitant to post certain things about their deen or even talk about their deen, yeah. you know, because of X, Y, Z reasons, right. They could be like insecure of it or they could be like thinking like, it's not cool. I have like a different audience or something like that. But at the end of the day, if you're holding all this knowledge within yourself, and you just die with that knowledge, then what's the use of that knowledge? That's true. We should honest, yeah, like you said, exercising the religion and seeing
1: how you're, you know, going about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Like, I don't, I'm not the person that, that pushes religion onto someone, mm-hmm. where like, you know, if they're, they're going through something in life, like, I definitely try to help them out through the religion side. Like, you know what the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did, you know, the same sort of like problem that they might be going through, you know, how to deal with it. But then to me, it's always been something like I hold private to myself, you know, because mm-hmm. sometimes I do tend to like, if I was to speak in a religious, uh, surrounding context or yeah. context, yeah, sometimes I'm wrong, or sometimes my, mm-hmm. my views don't really align with other people's view, mm-hmm. then
0: you tend to be the bad guy. Cause you have a different view on religion, you know? So, um, right. Uh, but like, <sighs> say if you started the conversation or like, you know, we, because there could be good that can, comes out of your words that your conversation yeah. as well And there could be yeah. a bit bad too So if you like, you know Make it clear before the conversation A lot of people say this aloud as well That, you know If there's anything that's coming from uh, You know that If there's any good that comes out of this conversation Out of my words It's from Allah And if there's any bad conversation Bad uh, sort of Coming out of this, you know From this conversation yeah. or from my words It's from me, you know like So like yeah. they attribute the good to Allah and everything So even if there's certain like, you know uh, you know Wrong things Within your speech You know like I agree No no, no 100% No you're right You're right Um, But wh- why do you think There is that hesitance And stuff like that Just because like If you think about it Right Um our ancestors and stuff. They gave up every single thing. They gave up their entire lives when they were like, you know, transitioning from different countries, from different lands and everything just to uphold this one message, just to uphold this one religion, everything. At the end of the day, they moved through cultures, nationalities, every single thing. What do you think is that one key element, you know, within upholding that message that really pushes them forward and they don't think about anything and just like want to uphold that at the end of the day. And what do you think we have that? Within us?
1: Or yeah, not that's, a, that's
0: a very deep question. I don't know what motivated them. I uh,
1: I mean, <clears throat> you, you, you gotta think, right? This is back in like the 1700s, 1400s, you know? Uh, even after the Prophet Hassan passed away, people mm-hmm. migrated all over the world from Medina right. to spread the message, like you exactly, said. Exactly, exactly. Um, it's just the love they had for the religion and what the religion did for them, mm-hmm. you know? Because a lot of people before Islam were not on the right path, they were astray, um, they were doing a lot of the stuff that you know it's haram and then I feel like Islam just brought their life into a whole circle and then that's what motivated them because you know the prophet did. you know mm-hmm. the whole message was to get to every person you know right so I guess it was a job for them to like spread it all over the world which it did but Right, but say like that was a, prophet, what, uh, prophet job, Dab, right? a prophet's job, but then yeah.
0: when you, it's now if you think about the current statistics, right? Islam is currently the fastest growing yeah. religion in the world, has been for like a long time and everything. And if you think about all these people, like say, for example, if we take the creation of Pakistan, right? Yeah. Pakistan was created just for Muslims to be able to like, you know, practice their religion freely and, you know, without any restriction or anything like that. And just be really confident, you know, in that sort of practice. And a lot of people, when they were like, when this announcement came out or whatever, like when this sort of thing came out that they were gonna take their own country now, a lot of people started fighting, a lot of riots happened. You know about the war and like, you know, uh, the partition that happened, right? And a lot of people like, like if you ever like sit down with your grandparents, you know, or like any old people, like you can hear all these stories of like, you know, people getting cut apart, you know, a lot of people like, you know, just um, killed in their muscles. Yeah, yeah. So, what is this act of self sacrifice, you know, sort of rooting from? Like, why are people doing all this just to uphold this one message, right? If you are fighting for something for the sake of Allah, let's say, like, like the partition, right? Muslims
1: wanted their own country to pac- practice their own religion. If people are willing to sacrifice their own lives, I mean, that basic that, that's basically telling you they're doing it for the will of Allah and for mm-hmm. the future generation of Islam and the future generation of Pakistan. Right.
0: Exactly. So that's that's what it is. It's yeah, like future yeah. generations, right? Future generations. It's, it's like if you, they know the precious value they hold within their religion, right? Yeah. yeah and then yeah, they yeah. know that if they were able, like if they lo- would lose it after like centuries and centuries of like, you know, their generations, they like doing God knows way. what. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. now that they have this precious value and they want to keep on to it. And that's that only thing, like, you know, all these mechanisms, as I told you, right, these small mechanisms and everything, they just mush together in this beautiful thing where, you know, like you have, a consistent sort of framework of hope and, you know, blessings yeah. and uh, all these things that you could ask for and everything. Right. I don't think the people in this generation would be able to sort know, of appreciate that. Appreciate so that, say yeah. if we come from the same framework, right, that these people sacrifice their entire belongings, their entire lives just to uphold this message for the will of Allah and for like future generations that, yeah. you know, they can sort of practice their religion, and everything. Now you have, <laughs> the same people, you know, right? They migrated different countries. Maybe they're in those same countries and stuff like that, right? Now they're shaking ass on TikTok and stuff like that. <laughs> like where does it all just lead to you feel me like Like where where I'm not like saying like okay This generation is completely wrong like uh, shitting on this generation is completely lost and everything but do they not have any awareness of what their ancestors sacrificed like no, where I don't think it's appreciated or they're even known they don't even, I don't think it's, it's just, they're not aware of it. They're not aware You of know, it. We, we take things for granted. If we're not aware of it, then why are there, like, not, like, enough conversations present about this? Because, bro, it's just a time of society we live in, man. People are not focused on
1: what the ancestor did before us. They don't care about why they f- why Pakistan was, you know, uh, like, in, like, initially, why was Pakistan made its own country? They don't, they don't realize it, that it was made for us Muslims. And, first of all, Muslims. Pakistan itself was.
0: It's not even the same.
1: It was depicted to be an Islamic country, but the people inside Pakistan
0: mixed culture and Islam, first of all. Exactly. You know, and. And the problem is, like, what it stands for today is not even the. Islamic. Yeah, is the the purpose it's. People mixed up. You know, it started off on, basically. Pakistan is not a practicing (laughs) Muslim country, bro. I'm telling you.
1: It is in some ways, but there are some things that Pakistan does. It's not right, man.
0: It's not right. hundred percent. So basically like if we take this like, you know, same like concept, right? Like you have so many people and this act of like, you know, self-sacrifice and okay, self-sacrifice is always there when people know that there are certain precious things that they sacrifice their own wills for, that they sacrifice their own careers, their own lives for. And you can see that in like, you know, certain people's lives, like for example, you know, certain people that come, like I was hearing this at Dar es Salaam, right? Like, which is a local masjid we have in Lombard, um, Illinois. Uh, so basically certain people that come work for Dar es Salaam or other mosques and everything like that, yeah. you know, when they see that there's a certain model, there's a certain structure that's like, you know, really appealing to the you, that's appealing to the people in general. Yeah. And it's growing, it's growing and it's on like a good path. A lot of people I've like, you know, seen and like, you know, they get shouted out too that they, you know, sort of sacrifice their careers in different states. And, you know, they were able to just like visit this, these massages like two or three times. And they're coming here and just working for these mosques and whatnot because they know that it's a model that will, you know. Like they use it as a channel, exactly. to get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. and then this model is already on the path of success and everything. They just want to contribute to that yes. and everything, right? Yes. And that that may not be an act of self sacrifice that can be as comparative to what our ancestors did, but Absolutely. still, still, there, there is that self act of self sacrifice in some way present. And yeah. if you think about it, like <clears throat> acts of self sacrifice are in our lives as well when we're like you know letting go of our will and then you know sort of. Taking up the Islamic mechanisms and stuff for letting those things go. For example, someone curses at us or someone is mean to us and and stuff like that We sacrifice our own will to fire back at them or to take revenge from them or to like, you know Do whatever right like certain times we just stick to our own Sort of like, you know Values we have certain mechanisms. We have the literature that we have from Islam and everything, right? So what is your perspective? Like what how do you think that maybe self-sacrifice is present within your own life? man uh, And this can be hard to grasp right because a lot of people when they self reflect they you know sort of uh, see these things that okay maybe I'm so within myself maybe I'm so within my ego within my own money within getting my own bag and just I'm so about my by myself but then I just one day I just die and then all what I had was behind? myself yeah, yeah what did you leave you behind
1: know? So man that's a good question I I don't know I don't think I have I don't think I have uh Self-sacrifice, done anything to you know honestly con- contribute to like a like something bigger than yourself something basically. bigger than to myself I don't think I've done that yet which I would never really thought of it like that I should
0: man cause you're right cause at the end of the day when you're gonna die what are you gonna leave 100% because if you think about it there's like 7 billion plus people in this world you right know. they're doing the same thing everybody's getting their bank everybody's getting their money everybody wants fame and everybody goes through that same cycle and then one day they're like okay this is too late and they you know sort of breathe their like last moments mm-hmm. their last breaths and then they're done like they're dead bro like they did not do anything for their own good you know or to the other's good yeah. exactly and unto the other, other's good they did nothing for the community like that because they were never a part of something bigger than themselves right that's true but i never really thought of that and i don't think i've done enough to
1: like even consider leaving anything behind or you know uh yeah. And it's th- something that we, I should definitely, no, no, it's an eye opener, honestly. This
0: is something that you know people never reflect about because there's so many mechanisms that distract us into self gratification. You know, yeah. TikTok and everything. Oh, it's just funny to you. Social you're media. going through that constant dopamine sort of overload that is your your brain exists in that in that state. You feel me? Yeah. So it's never you're never able to like you know sort of draw out of that and like just self reflect like okay what am I doing with my life? I'm gonna die one day, you know. And then if you think about it, 10,000 billion years from now, whatever, whatever the time period may be, people are not going to remember Elon Musk one billion years from now. Absolutely. You feel I mean? Absolutely. Like ten hundred thousand hundred thousand years from now, people are not going to know who Elon Musk was or all these rich people or who all these idols that we look up to, you know, That's people true. are not going to remember them. So if we sort of want to get that our live in the same trajectory of getting money like them, get, getting the same cars like them, what are we leaning towards? Yeah. yeah. So that's what I think about it. Like, and, and I'm like, okay, if Allah, if God placed us on this earth, it's for a reason, because there are so many, like, you know, people we could have been born as, but we're born as, as Muslims, we are. you know, yeah. as, as who we are and our sort of unique identities and everything. And these sort of consciousness, yeah. you know, in our minds and everything. And then uh, if you think about it, like, as I said, like, you know, a hundred thousand years from now, 500,000 years from now, people are not gonna remember Elon Musk, but people are gonna remember God, people are going to remember, you know, like all these religions that exist. People are going to remember prophet Muhammad. So, so, you know, so if you think about it, these are the only things that stay, you know, and then when you think about that, all these people who had these acts of self-sacrifice, they sacrifice themselves and they sacrifice their belongings to be a part of something bigger that will actually exist in time. That will actually exist in the Allah future the to religion. come. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because they knew that these things were timeless, you know, they could, you know, not sacrifice their lives, be about themselves, be about their own egos, are all these things. Sure. And, you know, that would lead to nothing. But when they're doing something as a collective good, as for something bigger, for something bigger than, than themselves. And that's what the Prophet did, you know, yeah, he, he never cared about himself or what state he was in and everything, you know, he lived know. in a state of simplicity. <clears throat> and his model, his life's model exists for, as of for something for us to analyze, you know, and see that if he lived in this state of simplicity and, you know, not chasing after all these things and he just did this for a collective good for like, you know, his people to grow and his communities to succeed in everything. You see that community today, you know, I mean, look at it now. He has billions of people are mostly exactly. because of him. Exactly. Exactly. So <coughs> that is that act of self-sacrifice that for the collective good. It's not about you. It's not like, it's not like, you know, uh, Malik Abdullah or Salman Zibir are going to be named for, known for like, you know, this, this after like 100,000 years, you know, it's like a certain cause that we work towards, that we set our lives towards that cause is going to be known you know in the We're, future yeah exactly so but if, it, we don't want our names to be recognized it, the what we did what was the cause itself that uh, is the biggest act, the act biggest of like self sacrifice yeah. because then you're letting go of your own gratifications of Absolutely. what you want in life and then you know doing it for something greater now, obviously you know that this idea people even if they have full awareness of it at the end they they need money right they need Absolutely. a home <laughs> they need like food uh they need like you know certain things to like feed their kids or whatever, right? They need all these things that are necessary in life, right? But their bigger picture, their bigger purpose is committed towards like, you know, maybe community building or maybe like, you know, working for something bigger than themselves. And it could be anything, you know? Many people could not be religion; it could be something else, but it's something at the end day bigger than yourself, right? So when you see all these like people, um, and I'm not shitting, right? I'm just using it as a model of comparison, no, 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 right? Like yeah. people is doing God knows what on TikTok, and people are just constantly stuck in this dopamine overload, you know, smoking weed all day, you know, drinking all day, and everything. It's just constant gratification to the person. Where do you guys see yourselves, like you know, like in the future, like? And a lot of people are not able to answer this who are constantly stuck in these mechanisms, like. Um, I agree on myself. What is I'm the way out, there? right? What is the escape from here? Like, it, are you going to like be able to accomplish something that you know that is bigger than yourself or is it going to be constantly drowned in you know these mechanisms of self-gratification? Man. <clears throat> I don't even know how one just steps out of
1: that and then looks at right. the like bigger picture. Or how does one work towards a bigger picture, you know? Getting aside from working on your own self and you know your own and worldly that, goals. Or that's where it is, bro. <clears throat> that's...
0: that's why this identity of being a Muslim, or you know, this religion of Islam means to submit, right? It's yeah. the act yeah. of submission where you just submit your will, you submit your dopamine, you submit whatever you're, you know, subjecting your brain to, you're subject, you're submitting even your intellectual capacity Everything just That was complete and un- unconditional submission to the will of God, you know. And yeah. when you do that, then you see all these things that you know. that maybe I'm amb- big. Working on something bigger Bigger than myself, you know So I feel like it's just a Sort of period of self-reflection And awareness of all these things And you know, just thinking in depth of like Where could things go Or where could things lead from like, you know, X, Y, Z but I mean like I could go home right now and I could die on the way and nobody would remember who I am exactly exactly that's that's how well, you know yeah and had I done something before this that was for the bigger picture that would be like oh Malik was known for this you know 100 percent contributed 100%. to this so 100 percent but that's how limited our people's own consciousness I know, is really it you know right. like human beings consciousness that's so limited in this way but if you think about it these people would forget that who you were yeah. but God would never forget, you know, that's even the true. smallest thing that you did for him and everything like that, you know, that you did with his, his will, you yeah. know, and like you prayed or whatever, like even if it the smallest thing he doesn't forget, you know, and that's just, that just opens your eyes about like, you know, the comparative nature of people and how God is and how, and if you think about it, right. And I was pondering about this on like, you know, in the past few days and everything, if you sort of go through Allah's 99 names, God's 99 names, if you look at all those translations of every single name, you know, the uh, most knowing, the most generous, you know, the most just and everything, you see that all these elements, these, these qualities of goodness, are present as noor in the human being you know we have a element of justice it m- it's not gonna be the ultimate it's not gonna be the all we own. have a little bit of it yeah we have a little Better, bit of it like that. that's how you gain more awareness about how the human beings goodness is structured right the true. newer and the human being is structured so when you think about it, like these qualities are already like you know explained and translated and out there and everything but yeah. it just introduces and you know sort of Uh, further explains God's like, you know, just ultimate power. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Ultimate power is extensive nature of different things and all these things. And a person could be feeling like really messed up in their head or whatever like that. But it could be this one translation, like the most generous, like this one name that could really stick out to them and they could hear that. And, you know, it could like really reach out to their heart because at the end day, like, you know, whatever you are going through, God knows it best. Right. Absolutely. And, sure. like, whatever these qualities are of God and everything, you're able to, like, truly reach out to it. And, like, you know, really... When you're able to, like, connect with them, and you that's why we have the element of Zikr, right? Like, say like we're uh, sort of told to like repeat certain names or certain like you know Adkar you know like while we're going through something like that and that sort of like the translation of those words or those verses yeah. helps us during the times because they're meant for that right and those translations sort of relate or translate to like you know that certain worry we could be having there's like people you know uh, that read certain things for getting married for like you know certain like pro- financial care. problems yeah, they yeah, have yeah. you know you uh, that off. every single thing yeah, yeah. so you see all these mechanisms that are present and everything and Uh, You could see another thing where, you know, uh, the different names of Allah and everything, right? The 99 names, uh, Jabbar, um, you know, Razak, all these Uh names. When you have a person named after one of these names, that quality, that translation of that name is sort of represented within their personality and within that's their true, character, that's you know? True. That's something that you could reflect on and like while talking to them, you're, you're gonna be aware of that, you know? Because they have the name or the attribute of Allah. Exactly, exactly. So that's- That's crazy, man. 100%. So like you these all these small things that we're not even aware of because our consciousness is so limited. It's not able so to be aware of all these things at once, you know? So when we even like, you know, find out about like one certain thing that just blows our mind, we're just like so- Shocked. You know. Yeah, shocked. You know, we have Muslims, we're like, oh wow, this thing's like you know exists out there and everything. So it's just amazing to have like you know like these it's journeys, so awesome and like man. this is the biggest <clears throat> blessing we have, right? These mechanisms, and then then you see like this is what our ancestors sacrificed for, uh, Sacrifice everything for for us to just be Muslims. You know, like they did not care about nationalities, their tribal values, the races, whatever. Yeah. You know, just for this religion to like you know just be. Um, you know continue on, continue. on the future generations Exactly, the continuity of this is what matters the most because yeah. then you're like you know propagating this even more and you're spreading this sort of like all these the wisdoms all these mechanisms and everything things that you're not even aware of but I mean if your kids turn on Muslims and their kids turn on Muslims you contributed exactly well, to, you know, 100% you, know, you contributed to it 100%, 100%. So. so that's one of my biggest worries too like you know if there's a time in the future like you know that my kids or my progenies or my generations like like you know turn out to be non-muslim that's I think I would lose out the most on that right I could lose out every single penny I have or anything like that but if I my generations are like myself like I lose out on the blessing of Islam that is the biggest thing because then you lose out on all these generations of hope of like you know like different like God knows whatever right and then people were even going through the toughest times in their life and stuff like that at the end of the day, God says that, you know, have hope because he will do something. that, So, like, that's, yeah. that's what it is, that Allah go to that at the end of the day, when everything else goes away, you have that mechanism of hope, you know? Yeah. Like, you could lose out your family, entire people, like, entire villages get washed British away Islam and everything. Islam. Exactly. You just have Islam. God. Yeah. And that's that mechanism of hope that never goes away. And say... <laughs> and you can't take that from person either. Exactly. And when you take it away, then you see all these, like, say, for example, you have an example of drug addicts or whatever, right? They're completely gone in like certain drugs and like certain mechanisms or other self-destructive mechanisms they're addicted to zina or whatever right they never are able to have that mechanism of hope or even the mechanism of repentance to reach out to because they're not even aware of it they don't even recognize it you know so when you lose out the religion you lose out these mechanisms when they have these destructive mechanisms like you know appear in their lives they don't know where to go you feel me so that's how like you do your kids even like a disservice you know so yeah, Obviously, there's something man, to Insha'Allah uh, about. Inshallah, we all work for the
1: Betterment of ourselves And the future And the bigger picture, obviously Because that's the main point I mean, that, That's what yeah. we're here for, right? 100% uh, Work towards a bigger goal That's bigger than us And The worldly things You know Yeah, everybody needs money Everybody needs to get a good car A big house But like, man What are you leaving behind? 100 100%, Seriously. 100%. I, Thanks for bringing that up I never before really I think about this never thought, thought of it about like that I'm leaving uh, it like every other day I think about yeah. this it because it's
0: really so much like it's just these things bro the more you're aware of yourself your surroundings and how these models and mechanisms in your life work you know the re- mechanism of religion the mechanism of you know your education and everything you just realize how these what roles these mechanisms play you play, know yeah. within your life and what they do for like, you know, the longer run or the betterment of future or the future. society or anything like that, you know. Um so that is it for our episode of the SZ show. We're here with Malik Abdullah, he introduced himself, you know, went through his reselling journey, went through his um career goals, you know, his IOS Sort of framework he has right now, and uh, basically, like you know, his childhood as well, his immigration to the US. Inshallah, you know, we're gonna have him again in the podcast in the future, you know, with something specific, you know, specific topic, and we're gonna be able to discuss that inshallah again to further depths of the topic. Thank you so much, guys, for listening, and Malik Abdullah. Yeah, man, thank you guys for listening to us. Be sure to leave a like and comment.
1: (laughs) Subscribe (laughs) to the channel if you guys are new. (laughs) Thanks a lot, guys. Take care. Bye bye.